Come be a part of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics with your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. Hear the voices of liberty speaking all across America. Doc Holliday provides thought-provoking interviews and commentary about the issues and actions that are afflicting this country and what we need to do to get America back on track. Get fired up. Get inspired. Get on board with Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right now. Once again, that is the sound of rock cracking. <laughs> we got rock cracking across our country and rock splitting politics. And you're, we're going to talk about that. Vaccine mandates and filibusters. What does it mean? We're covering that today. I'm your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. You're listening to us right here on webtalkradio.net. That's webtalkradio.net. We got some clips with some great people, some talks. We got something that. Uh, on, on this week's show is so important and when you talk about the vaccine mandates and filibusters that's like uh, two strings trying to tie them together in a knot and and the left wants this country tied in knots they they want it in bondage to the socialist ideas that are percolate now in a democratic party and it's time the Democrats look at the socialists and say, get out of our party before you drag us all down. American people are watching the Democratic Party become the Socialist Party of America. And if you don't want socialism in this country, we're going to have to say it loud and clear, stop voting for a Democrat for anywhere until they throw the socialists out of their party. We are threatened by socialism because of the Democratic Party, not because of the Socialist Party or the Communist Party. We, we are threatened with socialism throughout America because it's coming to us through the Democratic Party. And until they wake up and kick the socialist out of their party, stop voting for them. If you're a Republican or a Democrat or a, you know, independent, Green Party, I don't care. If you don't want socialism in America, it's time we look at this today, looking at this filibuster debate. We're going to get to that in a little bit, but let's, the Supreme Court ruled last week. Vaccine mandates. Well, OSHA cannot push them on people. You've you got to make a law. Congress has got to make a law. We've talked about this before. Last year, we had uh, Alan Dershowitz on one-on-one -on -one with Doc Holliday, and we talked about some things and and what congress has to do but the executive branch cannot make a law he was on uh, uh, uh the great attorney and professor alan dershowitz he was on the uh, stinchfield show on newsmax and well let's just play a clip and see what he had to say after the supreme court ruled last week about maximum vaccine mandates take a listen right here gets to make the law. It gets to issue mandates. The administrative agencies, the executive branch, gets to enforce the law, not to make it. And so uh, OSHA was not specific enough to authorize this kind of very, very broad mandate. But then 
a five to four majority with two justices switching sides, said when it comes to health care, the federal government is so deeply involved, it pays for Medicare and Medicaid, it pays for virtually everything that goes on in health care, it can condition hospitals receiving federal funds on requiring right. their people to be so vaccinated. So, Professor, this is typically how the government holds people hostage, holds governments hostage. We say, we'll, we'll let you give, we'll give you money as long as you do what we tell you, and you don't have to do what we tell you, but then the money stops. I mean, it's, it's old-fashioned. Let me pull this one quote, though, from the ruling for the uh, 100 employees or less, and I thought it was interesting because it says the regulation otherwise operates as a blunt instrument. It draws no distinctions based on industry or risk of exposure to COVID-19. Basically say, if you're a power line worker, you don't have the same risk as an accountant in an office. But this is typical of government, one size fits all, isn't it? Well, it's particularly typical of executive actions. When the legislature decides to pass a statute, a mandate, it has hearings, experts. It can create a complicated statute with all kinds of exceptions. Uh, with an opportunity to be tested instead of vaccinated. It can distinguish between workers who are deeply and closely exposed and workers who are not. And that's why you need legislation. The court did not strike yeah. down mandates as unconstitutional. They simply said they were not authorized by OSHA, but they were authorized by government grants of money. Look, when government grants money, it does condition things. Sometimes it's very good. Universities, for example, can't restrict free speech uh, because they receive money. If universities could do what they want to today without federal involvement, we would see no free speech for the conservative right and only free speech for the left. We would see all kinds of anti-Semitism permitted on campus, which there's already too much of, uh, and anti-Christianity on campus. But the federal government has said, no, if you want to get federal funds, which means if you want to exist, you you've got to make sure you battle these bigotries. So it cuts both ways. Sometimes it does good. Sometimes it does not so much good. Hey, look, we see it with uh, people with adult kids. You want to live in my house? You got to live by my rules. You take, take my money. You got to abide by my curfews, right? So government's doing the same thing. Lastly, I want to ask you, though, because it didn't outlaw mandates. What does this no. mean? There's some questions still not answered, right? State legislatures, could they be issuing oh, yeah. these? Can private companies issue mandates? What do you think? Up in the air. And is this purely a federal issue? Or can Texas say no mandates are permitted and California say you must have mandates if there are more than 100 employees? We don't know the answers. This is a first step into the issue of mandates. It will not be the Supreme Court's last word. Stay tuned. There'll be more decisions coming, and they will probably all be by a divided court with the Chief Justice and Judge Kavanaugh, Justice Kavanaugh, really making the decision about whether something is a majority view or a minority view. And I think Alan Dershowitz summed that up very well. And it does have what a lot of conservatives have always uh, very much wondered about John Roberts. We know what he did with uh, Obamacare and kept it legal and did not throw it out, which uh, by all means it should have been thrown out, but he rearranged it. Didn't allow Congress to. He rearranged it and kept it in. But you can see his liberal leanings, and again, they stopped the vaccine mandates against uh, em employers that had over 100 employees. OSHA uh, can't 
make them do a, a vaccine, but they allowed wherever any hospital, medical clinic, anything in medicine that takes Medicaid or Medicare, they have the power to force all employees to get the vaccine. So, therefore, we're going to have a lot more people uh, that uh, are we're just going to have problems in the healthcare field. We see in states where some places say, you, if you hadn't had the vaccine, you can't work here. But if you have COVID now, we need you to stay on the job, please. Now, what kind of science is that? When they say follow the science and you got people who are infected with COVID and they're saying, please stay on and work. You who don't have COVID, but you don't have a vaccine, so you're fired. That is wrong. It does not go by the science and is being pushed again by the socialists who want domination over our lives. And folks, it's a mess in the healthcare field. And, and it's, not just, uh, it's not just the doctors and nurses. If you got people, employees of the hospital, they take Medicare, Medicaid, federal funds. Well, what about people on the loading docks who, who need to get the supplies into the hospital? The people who make the food in the cafeterias and, and, and feed the patients, feed the people who work there. Well, if they don't have the vaccine, they get fired. Is that going to help supply chain issues? Is that going to help the hospital uh, treat its patients the best they can? No. I mean, there's just incredible, uh, incredible, uh, what is the word? <laughs> incredible stupidity that is creating chaos and, and delay treatment of people who need it, patients who doctors want to treat, and things are being backlogged, supply chain problems, and some of it's not coming from the truckers and the people who are forced out of being able to work, uh, but it's actually happening on the ground in hospitals and medical clinics. Just because the federal government has a heavy hand and the Supreme Court is allowing that heavy hand to fire people because of their religious beliefs or whatever reason they have why they don't want to take the vaccine and we've talked about that there's people across this country and and god love them i love them and if they don't want to take the vaccine people should not be forced to put something in their body especially when we don't have long-range studies and everybody say oh it's safe 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 but you see it, and there we've got more and more young people who are having heart attacks. Is it part of the vaccine? Well, why don't we get a study and find out? Why don't we f start talking about it? We don't want a government that says in the back door of Dr. Fau Fauci. I, I wish somebody would ask him, you know, is, it, is there something, conversation going on like this saying, okay, we know we need to get rid of this virus. So, so many are going to die, but if some people are dying because of the vaccine, it might be a smaller number, but we don't need to tell everybody because we don't want to be afraid of the vaccine. Is a conversation like that going on somewhere? I mean, this is America. We have freedom of speech. Put it out. We're big boys, big girls. We need to know the truth. And if death 
and, and physical problems are happening because of taking the vaccine, just be open and honest. Don't be hiding things. And it's getting to where you can't trust the centers of disease center, uh, the control, the CDC, Dr. Fauci. I mean, how many times has he said things about gain of function that Dr. Rand Paul obviously thinks wrong? We're not all uh, physicians. We're not all people who understand the medicine and the science. But Dr. Uh, Rand Paul does, other doctors in Congress, and they're questioning Dr. Fauci. And, you know, you look at, you look at this. We got Dr. Fauci, Joe Biden, <laughs> Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. They're all getting up there where we know some people make mistakes sometimes and start they're just not as quick as they used to be when they're in their late 70s. And they're making decisions that are affecting over 300 and, what, 30 million people. Does somebody not question what what is going on in the Democratic Party that they're allowing this to happen? I mean, can somebody not step up and say, we need some help here? Kamala Harris, where are you? Can you step up and say, I, I can do this better? <laughs> well, if you cackle, maybe you can. But uh, come on, get up off that bench, Kamala Harris. Show what you can do. Please, show somebody that you <laughs> you got some ability in government. Okay, we, we got a lot to cover. We're talking about vaccines and mandates. And we're seeing what the Supreme Court came down with. But go back to what Alan Dershowitz said. It's not over yet. You know, can states uh, mandate? Can they not? Can they use federal mandates, state mandates, stop it? There's a lot more going to be coming up to the Supreme Court. And they need to hear the cases. And I wish we had more conservatives on the Supreme Court, real conservatives. John Roberts and even Kavanaugh uh, doesn't surprise me, but... Uh, we, we need somebody to stand up for some conservative principles for liberty and justice and freedom. Please, come on, Supreme Court. And now, uh, let me remind you, you're listening to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. You're listening to us right here on webtalkradio.net. And we got a book out called Bedrock Truths. If you want to read that book, we can get one out to you if you want to. Go to my website, www.docholiday.org. Holiday's got two L's in it. You can go to the website, and Bedrock Truth, written by me, Dr. Alveda King, and Dr. Alex McFarland. We'd love to get that book out to you. If you want to order that book, it's more there that we'd be glad to get out to you. So, uh, please visit www.docholiday.org. Holiday with two L's in it. Now, listen. Here's a clip that uh, we talk about filibusters. And I just have to tell you that Joe Biden has always been for the filibuster, keeping it in the Senate. But can you trust Joe Biden? Can you trust him? Well, uh, Dan Bongino, talk show host, had uh, used this question, can you trust Joe Biden? Does he tell the truth? Let's take a listen a little bit of what he had to say last week. Every time a, a state wants to change, a, you know, change some voting law, right? They want to reinstitute preclearance. Second, they want to use it to attack voter ID. It's as simple as that. Because voter ID would lead to election integrity, and Democrats hate election integrity. And this is Dan Bongino talking about the 
filibuster. He's getting ready to talk about the filibuster like we are, but he's talking about this is the reason why they, the, some Democrats, almost all of them, want to get rid of the filibuster rule in the Senate so that they can push this, push this uh, socialist agenda that is nothing to do with civil rights. And that's what he was saying. And, and so I'll, I'll let him continue on talking about President Joe Biden. So here's Joe Biden pushing this thing in a speech in Georgia yesterday, and he disgraces himself again, invoking the memory of the heroes of the civil rights movement and implying that he was a part of that. He was one of the marchers. But I want you to notice how he says something and he catches himself in his own lie, doesn't take it back, but he catches himself lying again about being arrested in the civil rights movement. The man, he said to me this morning, do you think the guy is just memory issues or is he a pathological liar? I said, no, it's not memory issues because he's been lying about this for decades. He is a pathological liar. He was not arrested. He was not even an activist in the civil rights movement. Check this out. I did not walk in the shoes of generations of students who walked these grounds. But I walked other grounds because I'm so damn old I was there as well. <laughs> they think I'm kidding, man. Seems like yesterday, the first time I got arrested. Anyway. Did you notice? Did you catch it? Did you guys see how he caught himself? He knows he's told this getting arrested story many times, at least three times in the past. Folks, it's, it's a fake story. The man was not arrested. I don't, you know, I don't know what it is. My guess is... Having been exposed to a lot of people through the 57 different careers I was in. Exaggerate, of course. I've had a lot of different careers, though. You get the point. I've seen people like this a lot. The, the puffery, the, the, the bravado. You know, I always laugh growing up in Queens. I've seen It's always out of a sense of kind of insecurity. There's always this exaggeration. But with this guy, it's an outright lie. He's not just exaggerating. He's lying. He was never arrested. and He was not a civil rights activist. Why? Because he said it himself. I'm going to get to that in a second as I go on more about this, how he has lied repeatedly about this. Folks, you should be embarrassed if you're on the left. If the man wants to push this election hijacking measure, then push it. But invoking the rights, uh, the memories, excuse me, of, of heroic civil rights activists, Martin Luther King and others, and claiming you were one of them to push this bill that does nothing of the sort about civil rights is really a disgrace, even for Joe Biden. It's embarrassing. Okay, getting back to this. And again, I can't say this enough. Invoking the memory of civil rights heroes to push a bill that would do nothing for civil rights, matter of fact, would create chaos in elections, is one of the, I mean, one of the most disgraceful things I've seen in a long time. Now, in case you think Joe Biden, who is a pathological liar, lying about him being a civil rights activist and getting arrested is a new thing, you'd be wrong. Here's video of Joe Biden. I think this is from The Intercept. Here is Joe Biden lying again about him being involved in the civil rights movement as an activist and in claiming he was like arrested. This is just it's embarrassing. This guy. Check this out. You know, when I was a teenager in Delaware, for real, I got involved in the civil rights movement. We have the eighth largest black population in America. Most people don't know that. And uh, I'd go to eight o'clock mass and I'd go to Reverend Herring's church where we'd meet in order to organize and figure where we were going to go, whether we we're going to desegregate the Rialto movie theater, what we were going to do. I got my education for real in the black church. 
And that's not hyperbole, it's a fact. But I got my education, Reverend Doc, in the black church. Not a joke. Because when we used to get organized on Sundays to go out and desegregate movie theaters and things like that, we'd do it through the black church. I was no big shakes, Reverend, in the civil rights movement. I was just a kid. I got involved in desegregated movie theaters and helping, you may remember, Reverend Moyer in Delaware and Herman Holloway organize voter registration drives. Coming out of black churches on Sunday, figuring how we were going to move. Now, did you notice he did it again, the tick? You see the verb, you hear the verbal tick? When he says not a joke, it means he's lying. It's a tick. People have them all the time. He's going through in his head what to say, and he figures it lends him more credibility if he verbalizes that this is not a joke. In other words, emphasizing the lie, making it appear that the emphasis makes the lie less of a lie. He does this all the time. And Joe Biden has done it his whole career. He was talking about Mr. Gaff, and then he he's, uh, had to uh, apologize and go back and recant. And we could play, uh, and Don, Dan Pongino played where he recanted. Joe Biden recanted, saying he was not a civil rights activist that got out and marched. And yet you hear this whole rhetoric in his campaign and even as president. And he isn't lying. And when he says, uh, for real, uh, no joke. Those are the ticks that, uh, you know, that uh, Dan Mangino was talking about. When you hear that, he knows he's lying and he's trying to get get some uh, whatever you want to call it, confidence to say straightforward with a lie. And, and and where are those on the left? If, if Donald Trump had said something and they say, oh, that's wrong, we're going to prove it wrong and everything, they could prove Biden wrong so many times. And where are they? They are quiet. They're not saying a word. And it's showing you how biased this media is and how I think some of the moderate Democrats have got to be thinking, you know, we got this thing rigged. I mean, all the new mainstream media is backing this joker up. He's lying, and nobody's catching him on it. Nobody's talking about it on it. Where's CNN? Where's MSNBC? Where's uh, the public broadcasting network? Where, where are they? These liberal outfits don't say anything when it comes to the truth and fact-checking Joe Biden when we know he has said himself that he had to recant what he was saying back in the 80s and 90s because people called him out on it. And and because he's older, they don't want to call it, out, call it out on him now? No, it's just showing how incredible our journalists have become, incredible shrinking midgets. And I, I'm sorry, but that's what's happening to so much of our our journalists. But let's get on talking about the filibuster. Let's take a, uh, there, there's a clip of, um, of what uh, the Republican Party put out of some people talking about the filibuster. And these are all Democrats just uh, a couple years ago, not too long uh, ago. They want to make this country into a banana republic where if you don't get your way, you change the rules. The legislative filibuster should stay there, and I, I, I will personally uh, resist efforts to get rid of it. I'm committed to never voting to change the legislative filibuster. That would be the end of the Senate. It raises problems that are more damaging than the problems exist. You cannot change the rules in the middle of the game because you do not like 
the outcome. You're going to throw the entire Congress into chaos and nothing will get done. Change the rules in midstream to wash away 200 years of history. Nothing at all will get done. I don't think that we ought to be coming in willy nilly and and uh, changing the rules. You can't change the rules in the middle of the game. Ideologues in the Senate want to turn what the founding fathers called the cooling saucer of democracy into the rubber stamp of dictatorship. And, of course, that was Chuck Schumer. Chuck Schumer beginning it. Chuck, Chuck Schumer from New York, the majority leader ending there, saying it's a dictatorship if you get rid of the filibuster. You know, they're making the entire case for the Republicans, for America. Why you don't need a thin majority ruling in the Senate. There's a reason for the filibuster and the 60-vote rule. But if you don't want to believe that, Chuck Schumer had an entire speech. And I, I'm going to go ahead and spoil it for you. Uh, Senator Tom Cotton from Arkansas got up and read the entire speech that, Joe, uh, that uh, uh, Chuck Schumer made defending the filibuster. He defended it passionately, and he said the word, I will always defend the filibuster. So what is he now? Is he a liar? Does he and Joe Biden get along in the lying circle, see who can lie the most to the American people? Will he stand up with honor, or is he going to keep lying through his teeth? Okay, this is, I will end the show with Tom Cotton. Uh, saying the very words to Chuck Schumer. It's, it's a little bit long, but you need to hear it. It was great. It's in the Senate. It's not covered by the mainstream media because they are the socialists <laughs> who can't stand the truth. And I think they're in bed with Joe Biden and Chuck Schumer. And can you trust a journalist who won't, uh, won't look at this story and won't even talk about the very words that Joe Biden has said? that contradicts himself, and the very words that Chuck Schumer is saying right here. Take a listen to Tom Cotton on the Senate floor. Right now, we are on the precipice of a constitutional crisis. We're about to step into the abyss. I want to talk for a few minutes why we're on that precipice and why we're looking into that abyss. Let me first ask a fundamental question. What is the crisis that calls for the undoing of two centuries of tradition? Are senators merely doing their jobs as legislators, responding to a generalized public calling for the abolition of the filibuster? Clearly not. It is not the American people at large who are demanding detonation of the nuclear option. The nuclear option is being pushed largely by the radioactive rhetoric of a small band of radicals who hold in their hands the political fortunes of the president. Constitutional scholars will tell us that the reason we have these rules in the Senate, unlimited debate, two-thirds to change the rules, the idea that 60 have to close off debate is embodied in the spirit and rule of the Constitution. That is what the Constitution is all about, and we all know it. It is the Senate where the Founding Fathers established a repository of checks and balances. 
It's not like the House of Representatives, where the majority leader or the speaker can snap his fingers and get what he wants on important issues the Founding Fathers wanted. And they were correct in my judgment that the slimmest majority should not always govern. The Senate is not a majoritarian body. The bottom line is very simple. The ideologues in the Senate want to turn the Founding Fathers, what the Founding Fathers called the cooling saucer of democracy, into a rubber stamp of dictatorship. They want to make this country into a banana republic, where if you don't get your way, you change the rules. Are we going to let them? It will be a doomsday for democracy if we do. I, for one, hope and pray that it will not come to this. But I assure my colleagues, at least speaking for this senator, I will do everything I can to prevent the nuclear option from being invoked, not for the sake of myself or my party, but for the sake of this great republic and its traditions. Those are powerful words. But they're not mine. Every word of my speech today was originally spoken by our esteemed colleague, the senior senator from New York, Chuck Schumer. Senator Schumer spoke so eloquently in defense of the Senate's rules, customs, and traditions when the fortunes of his party looked a little different. My, how times have changed. Now it's Senator Schumer's fingers that are hovering over the nuclear button, ready to destroy the Senate for partisan advantage. Think about it. The narrowest majority in Senate history wants to break the Senate rules to control how voters in every state elect senators. Could there be a better argument to preserve the Senate's rules, customs, and traditions. So before it's too late, let us reflect on the wise and eloquent words of Senator Schumer, words that are as true today as they were when he spoke them, even if Senator Schumer is singing a different tune today. Make sure you let your senators know what you feel about the filibuster right now. And the last thing we need is the socialist wing of the Democratic Party making rules for all of America. We're very close. If Joe Manchin and Senator Sinema, the two Democrats, one from West Virginia, the other from Arizona, have said strongly that they are going to support the filibuster and not weaken it, not get rid of it. And you know what? I respect that for, for them. But everybody in America needs to know that the, the socialists are controlling the Democratic Party and pushing it far to the left. And like I said before, until the Democrats kick the socialists out of, their, out of their party, stop voting for Democrats. It's as simple as that. You listen to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right here on webtalkradio.net. And rocks will keep splitting as politics keep 
cracking up and moving on, and you're going to hear about it right here in this midterm election year 2022, right here on Doc Holiday's Rock Splitting Politics. See you next week. Thanks for joining us today, and remember to listen again next week for another edition of Doc Holiday's Rock Splitting Politics. You can order Ed's new book, Bedrock Truths, by clicking on the book cover right in front of you on the screen, or visit DocHoliday.org. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week.